This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Not much is known about the years between Jesus' birth and his ministry. However, we do know about his baptism by John. In today's message, we'll look at that event, discuss why Jesus was baptized even though he was sinless, and the meaning of baptism today. Please stay with us. Today we are going to look at the most important inauguration day of all time. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Almighty God, how good it is to approach your throne of grace today, to worship you and listen to your holy word. We ask, Lord, that you would open the eyes of our hearts to behold Jesus high and lifted up. In the light of your glory, in his precious name we ask this. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Matthew chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the waters, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Here ends our reading. Dear friends, two weeks ago we celebrated Jesus Christ's birth. Today our text moves us ahead, 30 years later, as we see Jesus coming to be baptized by John the Baptist. We really don't know much about those earlier years between the birth and the baptism of Jesus. The gospel writers didn't seem to think it was all that important for us. Luke, of course, tells the story of Jesus as a boy being left behind in Jerusalem by Joseph and Mary, and when they find him, he's in the temple listening and asking questions of the religious experts. And then Luke finishes off that part of Christ's life by saying that Jesus increased in wisdom and with years and in human and divine favor. 
We also know that Jesus grew up in the town of Nazareth, and he worked in a carpenter shop with his father Joseph. Well, now at the age of 30, we find Jesus coming to the Jordan River to be baptized. One of the things that jumps out at us right away is John's surprise at uh, the request of Jesus. You ought to be baptizing me instead, John said. Actually, many people down through the ages have been puzzled by this action on the part of Jesus. I mean, why was Jesus baptized anyway? He was sinless, right? That's what people ask. And John's baptism was a baptism of repentance for sin, so it doesn't seem to make much sense. I think that Jesus' answer to John is helpful. When Jesus said to John's question, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Basically, what Jesus was saying there was, Listen, John, this is part of God's plan. Let's carry it out. This is part of God's salvation plan. You see, his earthly ministry actually began that day officially to accomplish the work his father had sent him to do. Jesus had come to save the world from sin and death and bring salvation to humankind. And this baptism was his anointing ceremony, his commissioning, his... uh, inauguration. God presided that day over it. As Jesus rose up out of the water after being dunked in the river, the heavens opened and the Spirit descended upon him, and God said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. If you examine this statement closely, you'll find that these are actually words taken from two different places In the Old Testament. The first is from Psalm 2, which is a psalm for the anointing of a king in Israel. And the second part is taken from Isaiah 42, verse 1, as we hear the announcement of the suffering servant of God. So we see in this uh, announcement by God our Lord's title and his job description to be a suffering servant for the sake of the world. Well, as many of you know, the mission of Jesus, which began that day, culminated three years later on a cross when he announced, It is finished. Jesus had fulfilled God's will. The sinless one had taken our sins upon himself, suffered our punishment, experienced God's wrath, and he died for us. He paid for our sins at the cross. That chapter in the history of God's salvation plan is now completed. God raised him up again to affirm that. Nothing can be added to it. All people may now enter into a personal relationship with God because Jesus has atoned, has paid for, their sins at the cross. Hallelujah. But the mission continues. There is another chapter. Let me explain. He did this for us. 
what will we do in response to this good news? You see, we are created in the image of God. And that means we have a will to say, I do or I don't want to get in on God's salvation plan. God's mission is not completed in our lives until we have received Jesus Christ. The Gospel writer John reminds us of that in the first chapter of his Gospel, when he writes, He came to his own, but his own received him not. But to those who have received him, he gives the right to become children of God. In spite of all that God has done for us through Jesus Christ, we must receive him. And so I ask you, have you received Christ? Some might respond, well, isn't that a redundant question? Aren't all members of the church people who have received Christ? And are not all baptized people saved? And the answer to both of those questions is no. Not all people who belong to an organized church are believers in Christ. They're still relying upon their own good works to save them. I know that from personal experience and conversations and encounters with people down through the years of my ministry. And not all baptized people are saved either. Our Lutheran Church does not teach that baptism alone saves us. We believe that at baptism, God does act. He enters into a covenant relationship with us, and he adopts us into his family and gives us his spirit. However, when a child's brought for baptism, the parent is instructed to bring that child up in the faith to disciple him or her. It's important that the child know the way of salvation and come to love Jesus. It's vital that the child be brought up in the church and instructed in God's Word. Through that means, you see, the Holy Spirit works in the child. It's important to read and teach and model the faith as parents. All of this is done with the hope that the child will be awakened to what Christ has done for her or him. It's then that the baptized child says yes to Christ and to following him. Likewise, when a person is baptized as an adult into the faith, then begins the process of discipling that individual, that they might continue to walk with Christ, grow. I know of many who have been baptized, but have walked away from Christ. That puts them outside of a relationship with God. Doesn't mean God loves them any less. But if that relationship is to be restored, such people must be converted and turn back to the Father who has never stopped loving them and continues to wait for them. So where are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you living in the covenant of your baptism, trusting and following him? If there's anyone listening in today to this broadcast that's thinking, I'm kind of like that prodigal son Jesus talked about that ran away from his father. The appeal this day and the assurance is that turn around and come home. Your father is waiting for you with open arms. He loves you. He wants you. But even 
Receiving Christ doesn't finish the story of Christ's mission in our lives. Uh, Let me explain. You see, God has a plan that we would mature in our faith, that we would grow closer to him and bear fruit that glorifies him. Only as we grow in our relationship with Jesus is God's mission being fulfilled in our lives. You see, there are some who receive him but never grow up, so to speak. We read about them in the book of Hebrews, the New Testament, where these Christians are being chastised for not growing up but still being babes on spiritual milk and needing to get to some solid food. God has given us his scripture, the community of faith, the sacraments, to to grow us up into people who will begin to be conformed to the very image of his son Jesus, begin to look like Jesus, to think like him and act like him. Our spiritual maturity takes begins to take place when we begin to walk the talk. Uh, we live out the faith we confess. God's word holds sway over the decisions we make in life. The maturing person in Christ is asking, God, what is your will in this matter? As a citizen of your kingdom, how should I conduct myself in this particular situation? For instance, perhaps you're a younger person. What's going to happen when it's suggested to you that you live with your fiancé before marriage? We live in a society which condones that these days. And question is, are you going to operate Christ's way, believing that he knows what makes your relationship work best? Or will you operate by the ways of the world? Or let's consider marriage. You've found someone that brings you such joy. You're thinking of entering marriage with that individual. And the maturing Christian would ask these questions. Can I worship with this person? Is he or she a believer in Christ? Can we share Christ in our everyday life, or is that going to be an issue for us? Will we be able to raise our children together in the Christian faith? Let's try one more. You've been terribly hurt by someone a long life's way. Question is, are you going to hang on to the hurt and nurse a grudge, believing that revenge is sweet, as the world around us teaches? Or are you going to forgive that person and move on, as Jesus has instructed his disciples to do? Obviously, God's mission in our lives is not completed in us until he takes us to his heaven. But he really does have a plan for you and me to mature us, to transform us in this life. Through the working of the Holy Spirit, he intends to shape and mold us to the image of Jesus Christ, that we would live obediently and fulfill the great commandment 
to love God above all things and our neighbor as ourselves. Finally, Christ's mission continues through us. As he clearly commissions us to bring the news of Christ to others around us who haven't received him yet or have wandered away from God, they need his saving grace. And Christ counts on us to be reaching out to them. He tells us, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching all that I have taught to you. Or he says, you are my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Or in Matthew 5, he says to his disciples, let your light shine before others so that they see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. Life presents us with many missions, raising a family, providing for ourselves and them, being a good member of my community. But there is only one mission that is eternal. It started that day at the River Jordan when Jesus was baptized and commissioned his inauguration day. It continues in and through our lives this week in our encounters with the various people we run into who need Jesus Christ in their lives. And it continues until that day when Jesus returns in power and majesty and glory once and for all. And, and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess on that day that Jesus is Lord. So until that day comes, brothers and sisters, we, we've got a lot of work to do. It certainly sounds like it, doesn't it? The mission continues through us until our very last breath. We never retire from kingdom work. We keep on trusting and following and serving Jesus until we close our eyes in this world and awaken to behold him face to face in the next. Until then, the mission continues. So, dear brothers and sisters, press on for the sake of the gospel. May the mission of Jesus Christ continue in and through your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, you proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed and commissioned him to carry out your plan of salvation, to rescue us from sin and death and the power of the devil. For that uh, great, great gift, we praise you. 
We praise you for the glorious day when Jesus began the rescue mission to save us. Make all of us who are baptized into Christ faithful in our own calling to closely walk with him as he does his work in us. May we trust him and obey him more and more. And may we be faithful witnesses in our own spheres of influence, pointing to others that Jesus is the way to go, that he holds the truth and knows what makes life work best that in him there is eternal life. May the mission continue through us, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over and within you, to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's gospel message has encouraged you to keep trusting and following Jesus, serving him until we close our eyes in this world and awaken to behold him face to face in the next. Christian Crusaders publishes a quarterly newsletter called The Crusader. This publication contains a special article written by our speakers, as well as other interesting information concerning this ministry. If you'd like to receive this mailing, please call our office at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. You may also write us at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. If you'd like to hear today's message again, we encourage you to visit our website. The address is christiancrusaders.org. That's christiancrusaders, all one word, dot O-R-G. Or you may call us on our toll-free telephone number at 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 2770924. Our mailing address is Christian Crusaders. Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. We are thankful you chose to worship with us today, and we pray you will join us again next week on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and Speaker on Christian Crusaders. Now in its 81st year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.